You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 491, brought to you by Geek Nation Tours and iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 491. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello! And making his long-awaited return, <laughs> the prodigal son, the scion of Long Island, Ron the Sideburn Richards. I was going to say, it's like, it's, like, uh, it's like the Odyssey. It's like, what's his name? Coming back to, coming back to Greece. What yeah, you're exactly like like Odysseus. Odysseus. That's I was <laughs> that's gonna say. You. I was gonna say Ulysses, but he he was a he was no, a civil war general. I think it is Ulysses. I don't know. Oh my god! I forgot. What's his name? Yes. Well, Ulysses. anyway, regard, regardless, I've returned. A- I've returned to Ithaca. I've returned to Greece. I'm home. Hello, gentlemen. Wow. You know what I love? I love that there's people out there listening, going, "Who the fuck is this joke?" Ex- <laughs> <laughs> Who's this? Who's this? There's one too many jamokes right here. <laughs> we we met people, Ron, at WonderCon who had been listening only in the last couple of years and did not know who you were. Had no idea. So really, no idea. Yeah. That's, no that's idea. unfortunate. None. None. That's and the lives are frankly better for it. Well, well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's no really, it's really one of those you know like like you know it's a wonderful life moments when you sit down and realize that you have no impact. <laughs> I do that a lot. I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go out to the bridge and just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw my insurance policy and get going. Let's educate the, those who have only been listening in the last couple of years. Ron was our original co-host, uh, co-founder of iFanboy, so he's, yeah, uh, and it, it, he got a thing about whales and he went off with Greenpeace <laughs> for a while, uh, following an incident, to be fair, and we felt it was best that he leave the show, but. Penance is paid. Uh, bail is all all set, and uh, he's been he's been allowed to come back from the cult where he's been residing. Uh, it's a mixed metaphor. I as I threw a lot of stuff in. I haven't slept. <laughs> so not only are we not going to be used to having three people on here, I'm Wacky Town. All right, even better, just like old times. So this is I fanboy. The three of us, Jamoke, started this. So long ago. And every week we read a stack of our comics. One of us picks the one that is their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. And Ron's like, so what do we do now that we don't have a website? Do we, we, just, do we tweet it? <laughs> uh, we talk about that book. We'll talk about other books from the week. We're going to talk about some other stuff. Uh, we'll read some Lister Mail. It will be fun, says the words in front of me. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There will be spoilers. That's it. That's all you got. Ron, you had the pick of the week. Yeah, well, so when when we when we were plotting my return, um, it, it was a sign that I would have to also do the pick, and I was like, oh, I gotta do this again. Um, but uh, sure enough, uh, as I read my stack of books this week, uh, the the one that stood out to me that amused me the most, book that I've been enjoying, uh, was Howard the Duck number four uh, by Chip Zdarsky, art by Joe Quinones, and uh, colors by Rico Renzi and Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> Well, isn't it, isn't it interesting to do the pick and not have to write it? 
Oh yeah, no, that yeah, that was great. <laughs> it really makes you wonder why we were putting ourselves through that for so long. <laughs> well, you also find that writing it helped formulate your thoughts in the book. But continue. Yeah, no, it absolutely did. It absolutely did. And the thing was, it was funny because I, I'll be honest with you, it's 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 been a long time since I've since I've done this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk a little later on about what, what I've been doing. For the past two and a half years, but um, God, that was all just, uh, Jesus. Anyway, but um, uh, but definitely my style of reading from when I went back when we were when I was doing the pick of the weeks regularly to how I was reading now is quite different. Um, and so I kind of had to get back into that. Okay, well, let me you know how do I organize my books? Which ones do I read, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I, honestly, I fell back into it fairly quickly, and it was just the idea of you know um, what book you know did I enjoy the most, and what book kind of amused me the most, in in, in for whatever reason. And you know, talking specifically about Howard the Duck, this was something that. Um, when they announced it, I groaned. I think much like you guys did. I was like, "Oh, really? you know," because coming off of Guardians of the Galaxy and yeah. the appearance and all that sort of stuff, and and for whatever, I mean, for those longtime comic fans and those in the comic world, for whatever magic spell Steve Gerber put on comic fandom that made us all think that no one else can write Howard the Duck but Steve Gerber, um, but he's dead. So, well, yeah, you think that's? I mean, he is dead. That's yeah. sad, but they. <laughs> Do you think he put that spell out there? I don't back at it, guys. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why that was established. I don't know why that existed. But it's just a character, and yes, Steve Gerber created it, and it's got a great legacy. And there was the lawsuit and all that sort of stuff. But whatever. But um. But honestly, if there's anybody made in modern comics right now to write Howard the Duck, it's Chip Zdarsky. Um. He he is you know, you know say what you will about his style of humor or whatnot. I like it. I enjoy it. Um, and he's really got a way of pulling together gags, whether they're plays on words or sight gags or whatnot. Um, but what's interesting is that it's not being – I find that Zdarsky's humor in this book is balanced by a reverence for Marvel Comics and not uh, not trying to be too cute or too cutesy or too clever for its own good, which is a trap that some people fall into. Um, by the way, uh, you've been back for – I don't know how many minutes are we into this now? Maybe say 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and you've already used the phrase reverence for Marvel Comics. So it's nice to know <laughs> – that things, that things are what they once were. Yeah, so there you go. Um, but what really stood out for me in this book, though, and what's been standing out for me in this book and what stood out for me in this issue is um, I just remember back when Wednesday Comics came out and we saw mm-hmm. Joe Quinones uh, working on that. And we're like, man, this is a Green Lantern one, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. I've, yeah, yeah, I believe you did. Um, it's on my shelf behind me. I haven't sold it yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But, it's um, a different show than it used to be. <laughs> it really is. Um, but you know, he's great. He's got this, you know, great cartooning style, and it's a little got a little bit of retro, but it's very clean and that sort of thing. And in this book, he, you know, he he's, you know, of course he's drawn Howard the Duck, but Johnny Storm is in it. Doctor Strange, you know, kind of. Uh, there's the uh, there's the whole he uh, Howard the Duck goes to visit Doctor Strange in 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 the dimension or whatever, and so there's you know kind of uh, spacey Doctor Strange scenes. There's a flashback to Secret Wars, and he draw, he cha- he slightly changed the style of drawing it in a simpler 1980 style, you know, to match the Secret Wars flashback. Um, I just think Quinones is doing a great job on. And it's kind of like the, one of the perfect artists for this book because you know Howard the Duck shouldn't. I I, I don't. I, when I think of Howard the Duck, I think of not simplistic art, but clean. You know, kind of more cartooning than anything. Um, it's funny because Josh thinks of duck tits. That almost immediately. Of what? 
duck boobs. Oh, duck tits. Breast, breast I you said duck, duck, but not the food kind. Duck tips, I thought you said. <laughs> nope. 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 That movie yeah. scarred me. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the funny thing about uh, Cornonis is that I feel like I'm, I'm saying his name wrong. We're going to get emails. But Let's just not. assume we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, always, I always assume we are. Cornonis. Joe, Joe Quinoa. Um, <laughs> he's a guy who I have uh, I had my eye on for a long time. I've seen his art come up here and there, but he's never really landed on anything for a significant amount of time to make his mark. I suppose it's always like, oh, that guy's really good, but um, you know, but maybe this will this will be the thing. He that did sort of- that uh, Black Canary Zatanna OGN with Paul Paul Dini, so that took yeah. that however long yeah. it was, uh, yeah. hundred pages or whatever it was. Yeah, but but he's great, and, he's and really yeah, good. yeah, and and I mean, what what I think one of the the funniest parts of, of this was, you know, so Howard the Duck, he's he's trying to, he's working on a case, he's trying to solve it, he, re- he realizes that it's getting a little bigger than what he's aware of, it's it's you know slightly mentioning Infinity Gems and that sort of stuff, so he goes to visit Doctor Strange to get some help, and of course Wong is there, and Wong is said, oh no. He's not there. He's in the objectivist realms of Deco battling the demon Thog for control of the universal concept of sadness. You know, like Wong is doing his typical, like, no, you can't go in there. And Howard just bursts right in and goes into the dimension and tracks down Doctor Strange. And he's playing poker with Thog and some other demons. <laughs> and the reason why is because Wong gets annoying and he just needs to get away sometimes. <laughs> and like, 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 That's funny. Yeah. And, so, and then, of course, they come out from the, the dimension and Wong is like, Stephen, we're, we're, all went well in dispatching the nether spawn thog? And he's like, yes, he was bested. You know, like, it's just this <laughs> idea of I love the Doctor Strange Wong relationship. I yeah. don't know why. I just I think that's funny. But Zdarsky taps into the, the those funny kind of nooks and crannies in between the panels of what you know the inherent humor of this stupid world of comics that that we've created and how they would be um how they would be you know reflected upon by real people and i think and howard the duck is is in inherently in his origin is satire um mm-hmm. and so a lot of this you know like it plays perfectly well and it plays great um and so yeah, so really enjoyed the issue. A lot of fun. Um, loving the series so far. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the hell they're doing with the whole thing now. So I don't know what's <laughs> we're gonna... all lost. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. But people, um... if you watch the comments. People are going to get mad at us because we don't know what's going on. And it's not because we can't find out. It's that we don't really want to. Right. Yeah. Well, it's just. It's just. It's, listen. If I if it doesn't make sense to me just looking at it, I, that's not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. And we're we're gonna get into that later on with a couple other books. But um, um, but yeah. But for now, Howard the Duck is like it's a solid read. It's just like you don't need to read anything else. It's it's contained in its own little world. It's very funny. If you're a Marvel fan, you will get a lot of the jokes. If you, I mean, it's a, you know, the cover says it's not a Secret Wars tie-in, but a original Secret Wars from the 80s tie-in. Um, they throw That's Deadpool. Funny. They throw Deadpool in. I don't know why. There's a there's but, a there's a backup story with uh, art by Katie Cook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there've been uh, there've been backup stories in all these issues so far, and they've been good. So yeah. yeah. Josh, did you read it? No, no. I, I read probably half of the first issue, and I thought I don't like this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't. I don't know. Didn't do it for me. Is Zdarsky? I, I, I know him as artist on Sex Criminals, but right. like, because he, has he written other stuff? Is he has he done other stuff before? Well, yeah. For years, he did. He did a web comic called Prison Funnies that he wrote huh. and drew. Um, okay. And and obviously he's not a new writer, you know, in the sense of would you would you like to write a book, artist person? Oh yeah, no, he know, yeah, you know, he yeah, he's somewhat established in that. And I'll be honest with you, I mean, like, I mean, I, I know you, I'm, I'm guessing you guys aren't big fans of sex crim- sex criminals or whatnot, but honestly, I chalk up a lot of the humor of that book to Chip. Chip is he is in he is a very funny guy. 
And I'm still reading that in issues. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, <laughs> he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> nope. Um, no, you, you said not like that. You said that you guys aren't probably reading it. No. I am. I am. Oh, okay. It. Good. All right. I didn't realize. He's very funny in interviews yes. and on, on Twitter and on and stuff. So yeah, and I in person and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so he's a good comedy writer, and so Howard Duck is perfect for him. So um, yeah, so Howard Duck number four, my my return pick of the week. There you go, Josh. I struggled pretty hard at Superbad Forty One. Oh, so did I. I was like, what the, what the hell is this? I don't want to say that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kind of did too. Um, this is the first issue um, from, from Jean Luen Yang. Um, a oh, this is the first issue? I think so. Yeah, yeah. This is, this yeah. is this, now, to be fair, yes. this is as confusing in sort of what the hell is going on here as Greg Pak's return after whatever well, it was. Well, the reason that was confusing was because it, took place, it takes place after this storyline, mm-hmm. so we didn't know how it gotten there. Right. But I still feel like... The ethos of Superman is captured in the Pac book, but it's not captured here. He seems really ineffectual and, right, so, uh, and, and kind of dumb. Gene Yang, um, creator I really like a lot. Yeah, I love Gene He's done some, some wonderful work. Um, American Born Chinese is, is, a, is a wonderful graphic novel. Um, I forget the name of the King of the Geeks one. There's another name There's, to He's it. done a bunch. He did the, and and he the, shadow, did the, the Shadow King. The, the shadow. Green Turtle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and then that wonderful graphic novel, Boxers and Saints. Yes, um, yes, yes, which just is finished. fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. I w- it was with great uh, excitement that I sort of saw his name and I was like, oh, let's let's get to this. Um, straight off, first thing, I don't I I, st- I, I don't feel like Ramita's right on this at all. So no. I don't think that that is helping. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm not saying Ramita's bad. I it just seems weird on this. I don't I don't know why. I felt it was weird when when Jeff Johns was writing it with him. Um, other than that, there's a that the tone's not there yet. Uh, the tone isn't there, but also I, I feel like now this solar flare power that depowers him has become the crutch. Yeah. I feel like we never see him with his powers anymore because. And I'm we talked I'm about the, we talked about the action book and how he's he's depowered there, and that's okay. But I just feel like every time I turn around, he's flaring out to defeat a a adversary he should easily be able to defeat on his own, and then oh no powers again. And they just—I mean—it's feel like they don't want to I mean, write him with powers. Can I? It, to, to be completely honest, I don't know that I—I fully can lay this at the team of the creator. This has been the problem yeah. since the New Fifty Two reboot. The two books are never in sync. Work, they're, yeah, they're never. But they're supposed to be, but they never have been. So is this—is—is is this solar flare power? Is when he vomited light? Yes. Yeah, he—he he can yeah. expel right. all the solar energy in his cells in one big blast. That's the new power he discovered in the last arc, and uh, it ends up depowering him for a certain amount of time. And, and he smells like Korean barbecue. Well, something was singed, I guess. That's a joke. That was, okay, a, that was a joke. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't get this. I, I, I am absolutely willing to give it more time and let the, let the let the writer get his feet under him for this because I don't know that he's ever done an ongoing superhero comic book. Um, I really liked all of his work. Um, but no, I, I definitely agree. Um, so, so I'm, I was confused. So the book starts with him riding a plane. That is in the future in action comics. It's very confusing. So he, it is. It, action comics started the post convergence uh, story with him already in the future, having lost his powers with the with the t shirt. His his identity already exposed by Lois Lane. Everybody knows cut. who he is. A crew cut. And so then we go back to the future or the past with this book <laughs> to find out how he got there. 
Um, That's heavy. So. Oh God! Why did I come back to this? I don't know. You don't like Superman, so I don't <laughs> no, know why I know, you yeah. read this. But I thought I'd give it a shot. I gotta see I what it, it is. I, yeah, I respect yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. The best part of this issue was the variant cover by yes. Carl Kershaw with the yes. Joker being in the lowest lane role from Superman the movie. That was very funny. Can you read my mind? <laughs> this is the, it's the facial expression. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> On both of them. So I was I was disappointed because, like you, Josh, I was really looking forward to Yang's take on Superman and. Uh, I don't know. I just it all it just all feels completely wrong. The characterization, especially near the end, last the last chunk of pages was really weird. Where basically, so what it was is that Clark is working at the Daily Planet and he gets a call. By the uniform still looks awful, and he gets yep. a text from somebody who's like, "Go here." And the next thing we know, they're inside a building watching a weapons deal go down. Um. And then afterwards, there's another text. He's like, who are you? And they were like, I know that you're Superman, and, and somebody's going to come there, and you need to arrest her right away. And everything after that seemed kind of out of character. Yeah, he, he lets this woman be kidnapped. Yeah. Well, this is the most unheroic. I'm getting emotional about it. This is the most unheroic I've okay? seen him. Yeah, you okay? And then he goes, but then sad. he goes to get her. So I, I'm sort of like, well, maybe there's another thing going on we don't know about. Like, it's one of those things like, why is Superman acting so weird? You know, like, like a Silver Age comic, you know? Yeah. That's that's what I was going for. Um, I'm almost I like, feeling that it's the first issue and things could change. I'm not writing it off yet. I just didn't think this one worked, but it might I work. Liked, in retrospect. Uh, I kind of like the idea at first. I, I was like, oh, it feels a little a little simpler, mm-hmm. a little more basic. And and I, I, I'm saying silver agey, but there's a better term for it. But and I was like, okay, I, I, I welcome that. That's good. Um, but yeah, it needs needs more seasoning, basically. Um, so nice. hopefully it hopefully it, it straightens itself out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna stick with it. I thought I'd give it a shot because of the Romita and all that stuff, but I, it's it's, it's uh, not my kind of comic book. I would say try the the action comics from Pac. Okay, those might be more your. Yeah. I like I like that Greg Pac. He's good. Yeah. And Aaron Cooter is is doing wonderful work on those two. So many people are probably excited that your background because Josh and I have been basically reading n- virtually no Battle World tie-ins, and so now you are back. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm selectively reading them. The Marvel I, zombie of the group. Yeah, I mean, generally, my whole opinion of the Secret Wars battle world thing or whatever is that in the grand Jonathan Hickman style, it is a very, very big idea, and they have a lot of very, very big ideas that I feel like they're trying to execute in a very short period of time, and that is um, they're trying to do too much in too small of a time. And because of that, I'm not, I'm not reading. I mean, I'm reading the ones that interest me, but I'm not reading a lot of them. Um, Does it make logistical sense to you? No, it may. It's just chaos. It's yeah. just it makes no sense whatsoever. And the, okay. and, and and Secret Wars. I mean, I've cur- I'm current on Secret Wars. Yeah. And I like it. I think Secret it's, Wars is good. I, yeah, I think it's really cool. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I think that's <laughs> that that's the point. I mean, that's that's the whole idea. When you, when you bring in the uh, ultimate end along with that, that's when it yeah. really starts to make no sense. Yeah. But um. But I. But but my approach with it is. Is that okay? Well, fine. You know, like battle. The whole battle world thing is revisiting stuff that we've liked. You know, like different mm-hmm. eras or whatever. So, like, the, so we're talking about E is for extinction, um, which is you know the revisiting of the you know Gra- Grant Morrison era leather jacket, new you know new X Men. Right. Um, and you tell me you got a book that Chris Burnham is writing with art by Raymond Villalobos, and like in that era, sure, sign me up. And this was a blast. You know, like I felt but you like you hated that era. 
Yeah, but I, but now now it's kind of ironic that I can go back and enjoy it. <laughs> but I I mean, you can't tell me that you're not looking at this Raymond Villa, Villa uh, whatever uh, not going to work here anymore Villa Lobos art. Um, and you know, I see that it's channeling. Of course, it's channeling Frank Whiteley because what they've done is they've tried to get artists that had, can kind of do in the style of the yeah. artist of that time, but aren't that artist, you know? Right. So, um, but they're, they're, local- gonna, they're not going to bring in quietly for this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but uh, I think Villa Lobos. You know too much. <laughs> but I think Villa Lobos, um, you know, kind of is doing. You know, he's got a similar style, very similar to Quietly, and he's done it in his in, on his own. Like he made it his own with this issue. Um, and I think is this the first thing Burnham's written, or no? He's definitely written other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think he did, he and it's funny because Burnham's working with Grant, and so like Burnham's yeah. kind of channeling Grant by working with him. Um, and I I enjoyed this. I don't know how this fits into the fucking battle world thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't give a shit. I like it, you know there, there's you know like there's you know it's a fun take on where these characters would be now. Uh, you know had these stories progressed. Um, and so I enjoyed it. You know, so that's, I mean that's the fun thing about battle world that that should be working. It's what if. But yeah, but it, and at the same time, which is no different than Convergence was, re- it's like the same thing. Right, yeah. Same thing. But but you know, neither of them feel like they have any stakes. So unless yes. what you're reading is really excellent, it isn't that compelling. Exactly. Especially since there's so much of it. Burnham also wrote, I know at least uh, a special or a mini Batman. Uh, for Batman Inc. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Um, I remember that now. Um. Uh, but yeah, but it's the kind of it's the kind of thing where I'm looking him up now on on ComicBookDB. Um. Because this is what people love when people go to the internet on a podcast to answer a question. Yeah. Um, you don't have to say anything. You could have just let us talk. <laughs> well, you can probably hear the I, typing. I haven't done this. I haven't oh, done this in a while. Oh yeah, he's got a bunch of writing credits. He, yeah, he did yeah. the app in Batman Incorporated. He he yeah. he wrote um, the interlude, a bird in the hand. Um, he wrote a fear. It says he's listed as a writer, a fear agent number twenty one, which that can't be correct. I mean, so backup story. Backup. Oh, did he do backup? Yeah, and then he um, wrote some hack slash stuff. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's neat to see him stretching out and 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 becoming a more well-rounded kind of creator, you know, not just an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at the Battle World stuff as what if, and I'm mainly buying the X-Men related ones. You know? <laughs> like, wow, I, really? Yeah, I bought I bought the extinct. I, I was all over that Extinction Agenda one. I was like, yes. <laughs> um, but really, the the failure for me ends up being the art because again, it's 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 not the you know whatever. It's not but, quite. Not quite there. But yeah, but the, this was great. I I thought it was really cool this was potentially in the running for pick of the week so yeah that would have been perfect yeah um are you guys reading invisible republic of course you are right because yeah. it's game yes. department it's yeah. fantastic right yeah am i, yes. I, I like I, I i that book is a book that i'm immensely proud of that image that, that i i kind of helped bring to image and 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 worked with with gabe and karina on on, on you know br- you know getting it published and that sort of thing and it's the kind of, i like i read each issue and it's the same feeling i get when reading lazarus where i'm like wow i really I was, I was, yeah i was like i want to see this as an hbo show you know, like I want to see that this is this is and it's tapping into science fiction. It's tapping into intrigue and all that sort of stuff. And I just think that the 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 pace that they're telling the story at is perfect for the story that we're you know, like it's they're just it's it's great to see Gabe and Karina as creators making something that they want on, on their terms. They don't have to worry about any other stuff and telling it the way they want to. And I think it's it's some of the best work they've done. Uh, Lazarus is a really good comparison yes. to make as I was thinking it's a, it's a book very similar to that so if you're like I want more of that but with a different flavor they don't 
write this they don't yeah. write stories the same way um if you liked um if you like the planet of the apes stuff they did i think that you'll get a kick out of this and but it's all completely original i think you've got this story that's like a, a, a it's world building there's a there's a, a fictional history there's politics and intrigue and, and a mystery and we're, we're time jumping back and forth there's a lot of things i like going on here um you know, I, the contextual uh, sound effects of the bike going over water, which blah, 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 was so awesome. Yep. I like this issue the best of the, of the run. I think my biggest uh, struggle with it is just that I don't know much enough about the characters to really care about any of them yet. See, I feel like it's landing, and now, I, and I never know any characters' names, as we know from listening to the show, but like the, the female who's now working with Maya. the honey... Like you're watching things start to work out for yeah, her. Yeah, that's, that's why I like some of the best. Cause I'm learning about her now. And okay. all right, exactly. And 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 I want to know. I want to know how she got in this position in the first place. That she was with, um, the, whoever the dictator dude is. Um, not Jim Gordon. That's what I'm. McBride. <laughs> McBride. Arthur McBride. Um, you know, and and how that's gonna come back to her. And and I, you know, we don't know. We still don't know much. It's only four issues in. And what he said uh, at the end. So you know, people have asked how long it is. Um. It's at least th- thirty issues of five uh, five issue arcs, so there'll be six of these, I guess. And there's a lot left to do. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stories, it's, though. It's, for sure. Yeah, and, and it, it's it's a neat world. I like how it's it's pretty uh, basic. It just it's like it's not it's not high. It's it's very subtle um, in a really in a really fun way. We're we're just sort of getting bits of it at a time. There's a little chunk in here where. Uh, they're walking the reporter out, and he uh, he's like, you know what that is? And there was like the big weird metal thing, and he, he he said no, and and then we learned a ton about the world. Yep, the moon that they're living on in a really nice economic um, uh, method of sort of getting that part of the story across. Um, it's a great issue. Yeah, it's just just so well crafted, so well done. So um, I, yeah, I can't recommend Invisible Republic enough. I love it. So uh, this week we saw the debut of We Are dot 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 Robin. Number one, uh, there's an exclamation point in the in the title. I read uh, I read this. Art by Lee Bermejo. I'm mean, story by no, Lee Bermejo no. with art by Jorge Corona and Rob Haynes, and if you look deep enough, Carrie Randolph. Uh, there's a lot of people. Like. There's a lot of there's a lot of people on this book. Um, it's funny. I, I I really did like this, but it took me a while to wrap my head around how I felt about it because. The once safe environs of Gotham City are like completely foreign now, and I don't. Following Endgame, is this just in now? general in the in in the New Fifty Two? It's been that way most most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim Drake is unrecognizable. They really don't want to deal with Dick Grayson at all, so they sent him off to join Spider, and he's off doing weirdo missions for them. And that came out this week too. And and uh, Jason Todd is Red Hood, and he's around. And then I decided I hate Damien. So there's really this sort of unrecognizable Gotham City to me. And so this issue, uh, so we have another Robin book. We've got Robinson of Batman, I think, that I'm ignoring. So why, how, why is Damien not dead? Is that, was that before 5252? No, he, he died post-252. And then he came back, I guess, with superpowers. I don't know. I don't, I'm pretending he doesn't exist. But uh, I, I, Listen, I don't know anything about it, and I really do try to be objective. That's horrible. <laughs> um, so here we have a street kid who is who is prone to fighting, but he's also super smart. And uh, he is he was once saved by Batman, and he is Leslie Tompkins is his social worker. And uh, th- through a series of events, where she has to flee his foster home, 
he runs into trouble and ends up running into a bunch of kids who have styled themselves Robin. They've got Robin-esque clothing, and they call they say, we are Robin, and they're sort of uh, street justice warriors. And we see some mysterious benefactor watching them through cameras. We pull back to see he's got a whole room full of Robin costumes and, and wa- weapons and things that he's going to clearly connect with these kids. So I like the concept of it, and I like the idea of Robin as a sort of urban myth character. Um, because they, they've done it with Batman before, so why not have kids do it with Robin? Because you, you'd assume that that's something kids would be drawn to. But it's just fun, funny that how there's almost nothing, and we're going to get to another Batman book later on, how almost nothing to hold on to at this point emotionally for me. I find it more enjoyable intellectually than I do emotionally, which is tough. It's a good concept, the way that you describe it, to yeah. sort of have like the gang of Robins around. Yeah. Um, since there's so many, many of them, they don't know what to do with them. So, But it's funny, if you think about the actual Robins, they're... I think Tim is now Batman Beyond. I think they jettisoned him to the future. Uh, Dick is running around Europe, and, and I don't know where Jason is, and, and Damien is possibly a superhero, but I don't know. It's just a strange thing that's going on in, the DC, in Batman's world in the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I read this, and I, I, I didn't know what this was. <laughs> I, well, it's I, all on the face. I mean, there's nothing... There's nothing you should, nothing, no background information you need from this. this yeah, book. no, that's why, because I was like, all right, great. I'm like, I know DC's trying new stuff, and this is a number one, and it's, and I like Carrie Randolph, and I like Lee Bermejo, and, and, and. Listen, I, I know you've been gone a while, but uh, some things don't change. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So. You know, edge your bets with those folks. Yeah. Just, um, so that was We Are, dot, dot, dot. Robin! Number one. Are we? So yeah. are there are there so there's just a lot of people just being Robin? Well, but this gang of kids is is protecting the streets as Robin. All right, all right. I like the idea. And I'm going to keep reading it. Uh, yeah. I just I was just saying how emotionally I have I have nothing to hold on to, almost nothing to hold on to in Gotham anymore. Yeah. So well, well you got you got those bunny ears you could hold on to. Well, they're made for holding, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so I might go on a vacation to clear my head, and if I do. If I'm looking for the perfect geek, geek themed vacation, I will look no further than Geek Nation Tours. Geek Nation Tours is proud to announce the return to New York City this fall. Attend the New York City Comic Con and explore the cities uh, that sit as the home of the Avengers, Daredevil, Spider Man, and many more iconic comic book themed locations over the seven day tour. They're even going to go to Jay and Simon Bob's Secret Stash comic book store in New Jersey and the fictional address of the Fantastic Four. Geek Nation Tours handles all travel, hotel, and tickets to the con. All you need to do is have a good time. But comics isn't all they have. Geek Nation Tours offers great tour packages like. The Journey to Middle-Earth tour where you head to New Zealand to the world of Lord of the Rings. I think we know who, who runs that tour also. The Zombie Apocalypse Training 101, perfect for Halloween or The Walking Dead fan. As you travel to Atlanta, see the film sites, get hands-on survivalist training and more. And the Galaxy Far Away tour. You may have missed Star Wars Celebration this year, but now's the time to start planning next year's celebration. And all these tours and more can be found at geeknationtours.com, where you can book your geek tour today. There's nothing on here about... Whether they give you the proper vaccinations to go to Jan Silent Bob Seeker Stash in New Jersey. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, that's a good point. That's a very I good was, point. You know, I was in New Jersey this morning. <laughs> Newark. Did you get have to go through quarantine? Yeah, I got Hep uh, M <laughs> through Jesus. Uh, I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> I don't like. The, I don't. Here's what I know. I'm just. I don't like that airport. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, are you still reading Flash, Ron? Um, no, but well, yeah. I mean, well, uh, <laughs> um, I stopped for a while. 
Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this season of The Flash on television. Yes. And so when I saw that The Flash number 41 came out this week, I'm like, oh, I'll give it a read. And I said, I don't think I need to do that again. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, <does> this now? <laughs> Um, and and it was and I was like, oh, Brett Booth, I liked him twenty years ago, and I don't like him anymore, and I don't like that costume, and uh, I don't like I don't like any of this. It's it's not for me. It's it's really hard the DC stuff right now. It's really I mean, hard, really tough to read. Not for us. The yeah. costumes are terrible. Yep. Um, they they brought back a lot of guys who were big stars twenty years ago, and it's just not working. And and like the thing is is that like the the villain the who's who's like Rhino or whatever whoever the, the guy in the green is like it's such like the the offshoot of the Jim Lee Justice League from the New Fifty Two kind of design yep, look you know they're all and, terrible and it's just like and it's nothing that nothing that gets me excited about the Flash got me excited and even though it's got the Reverse Flash and and, and Barry's trying to fo- solve his mother's murder again and you know and like all and and all this sort of stuff and, and I'm a huge Flash fan but the it, it, this is not this is not the Flash for me. So. Not, hashtag not my flash. Hashtag not my, my flash. flash. Yeah, not all flashes. Um, I was excited that uh, Rasputin returned this week. Uh, written by uh, the proof creators, uh, Alex Gresham, drawn by Riley Rosmo, who who's also working on not my John. Um, <laughs> hashtag not, not my, my John. Um, but but this is the creator own book. Uh, this is issue number six. They were coming back from a brief hiatus after the fifth issue because that's how numbers work. And um, we've sort of shot forward into the present time. And 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 uh, Rasputin seems to be a political advisor, who can also resurrect the dead. Can't uh, pull off that goatee though. Nope, but it's fine. Uh, there's also a flat flashback to uh, the, the the Galician border, which I think is World War One, um, where he, we learn a little more about his powers and and how it works. Um, this sort of just got us set up for where we are now and what's going on and and. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I don't. I had no idea any of this was coming. I don't know what it's gonna be, uh, but I really like the sort of mixing of history and then now modern times and and sort of this uh, the supernatural edge is is uh, is just good enough. And I, and again, I've said this before when we were talking before. Like Riley Rosmo's, he was never bad, but he's really come a long way. Mm-hmm. I think his, his art's really good, and he can dot pitch all over the place. Yes, um, it's good stuff. So I was glad to see that come back. If you liked it before, don't miss it. Cool. Um, I picked up Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies number one for one reason and one reason alone. Okay. Because James Robinson wrote it. Okay. I just feel. Oh. I was just like. I was like, really, James Robinson wrote when this. When you just said that, yeah. I went, huh? Um, incomprehensible. Checking this out. Incomprehensible. <laughs> but that's not James's fault. James is a very good writer. Very well done. Um, Steve Poo uh, did the art. Um. <laughs> I'm fairly sure his name's not Pooh. P-U-G-H. Pooh, right? Pug? Pug? Pooh. Didn't we go through this like three years ago with on Animal Man? Um, yes. Yeah, this it's is definitely a, his name's not Steve Pooh. Time is a flat circle, but yeah, but for, <laughs> but for whatever reason, but but actually, honestly, I kind of liked it because what happened was is that you know, so I guess in Battle World, uh, Marvel's <laughs> like on the bottom of Battle World, Marvel like it was like the 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 shitlands, like the Marvel zombies and the Age of Ultron area are really Please rough. Tell me that's a real thing. The shitlands. The shitlands. <laughs> the shitlands. <laughs> but um. 
but uh, for whatever reason, so like they've got the, Tigra is running around in the Marvel Zombies area, and then um, and then uh, <laughs> um, uh, Hank Pym from the old West version pops up <laughs> in a bowler. <laughs> God. And he's a very fancy lad, and he meets up with uh, the Vision and the Human Torch and Wonder and Simon, a version Wait, of Wonder was Man. There, was there an old West version of the Marvel Universe? Yeah, there is. There's the Two Gun Kid and all that sort of stuff. No, but yeah. Hank Pym. Hank Pym's Matter. from it for some reason. I don't know why. All we got, all we got is a uh, first line of Hank Pym's in, internal dialogue is, "Boy, do I feel like a tenderfoot, dressed up all spiffy like a carpetbagger or a traveling salesman." Well. <laughs> You got to understand. Back then, domestic violence was acceptable. Oh, oh Jesus! <laughs> this book looks awesome. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> like it looks like a it looks like a complete mess, but it looks wonderful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Steve Pugh's a really good artist. So. Yeah, no, it was good. It was amusing. Again, I don't know what the hell's going on. There's a Sentinel. There's Morbius. It's just like it's just batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. How long are these little minis going? Because I thought they were all two issues, but this week obviously we saw that uh, we are. The we are dinosaurs. What was that one, Josh? We are uh, dinosaurs. Uh, uh, uh. We are dinosaurs. It was the pick of the week last time, <laughs> and you said we are dinosaurs, and now I can't stop. <laughs> where monsters dwell? Where monsters it's like dwell? Like when somebody's trying to remind you of a song, but all you have is another song in your head, and you right. can't get to it. I thought that was going to be a two-issue story, but apparently it's not. So no, I'm no, just curious is- how long these are going. I'm guessing four. I don't know. I'm ma- I, on, it depends on the month, the said. schedules. Yeah. I mean, it could be, I don't know. I don't it could know. be 12 by the time it's over with. Oh, Jesus. What I just said has no relevance. Four? <laughs> it was just a random number I just picked yeah. out of the air. Well, this definitely done, ended This definitely done. ended with a to be continued, so. Yeah. I know that Garth Ennis has done four issue series before, mm-hmm. yeah. so that's why it's a safe bet. Um, uh, I didn't read Batgirl 41. So Batgirl 41 is the, uh, the issue where the bunny ears show up. Uh, so Batman and Batgirl run into each other, and this is important because Batman is James Gordon, and Batgirl is Barbara Gordon. So uh, after they have their little clash because he's trying to arrest her, because apparently his mandate is to arrest all the vigilantes, which is strange. Um, he comes to visit his daughter as you know, as himself, and so now we've got James Gordon with his daughter walking around town, and he's got his trench coat on, but he's got his mohawk and his lack of mustache, and I was. Fairly plainly horrified, <laughs> <laughs> and especially after they, they 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 do a little flashback to them as a, where she's a kid. They go to a carousel, and she remembers when they were, when she was a kid. And he you know he's got the big old handlebar, wider mustache in the flashback, and regular hair. And he, and then I look back, and, and this is hashtag not my Gordon. <laughs> wow, that's where we're at now. This is where we're at. This I, is I like a carousel flashback. It's like they've been Grey's Anatomy. Ugh. It, uh, I mean, the book is super fun still, but just, and the whole time she's freaking out, as we are freaking out, she keeps saying, uh, please, for the love of God, but the, grow the mustache back. And she's saying, hashtag not my Gordon. Right. And, uh, he, she even says, oh, I've got a new job. I'm not the commissioner anymore. I'm, I'm more than that. And she's like, okay, does this job require you not to have a mustache? Like, <laughs> there's really uh, no, there's really no maybe, reason why he had to shave. There's really well, no maybe reason. The, Maybe the bunny ears have like contacts, and they need to hit skin right. on his head. Uh, it's like I mean, uh, it's not like they can stop you from growing a mustache at this new job, right? So it's like she's as freaked out as we are, which is fine, but it doesn't change the fact that I'm still freaked out. Yeah, I, as, as you should be. I, I feel yeah, this is it's a horrible, horrible look. And also, Livewire is the villain. I, I hated Livewire. Livewire on the cartoon. <laughs> yep, me too. It's exactly where I 
decided not to like that character so much. So, but I did like uh, what was the who's the the one who sucks the energy, the one that was always with her on those episodes. I don't um, know. Pa- Parasite. Parasite. I like Parasite. Yeah, Parasite's a great character. But that I like was... how you're just like Parasite. <laughs> I got there. I slept two hours, maybe tops. Yeah. Well, I, so, uh, all I'm hearing are excuses. That's all I'm just saying, and I'm glad to see nothing's changed. No, so, it was fun, other than that horrifying moment where I realized that that Jim Gordon was really weird. Um. So at the end of Black Widow 18, I was fairly certain that was the end of Black Widow. So, um, Ron, have you been playing along with our favorite game at iFanboy now? Now that you're back, you have to join in. Which is? Called, uh, is this the last issue? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then be pretty sure it's the last issue. But then make it make and definitely then, sure. And then tell everyone listening that it's the last issue. And then yeah. next month, there's another issue. Oh, yeah. Check, not, my, not my last issue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the end of Black Widow. Also the end of uh, uh, Punisher number 18, yes, which was really. last month. Uh, Nathan Edmondson's two books at Marvel. I was sure. That was last. No, they both Positive. came out this week. Nope. Yep. Yeah. Um. At the same same team wasn't wasn't that you know they just decided to keep it going. Was, well, maybe these are different people. Nope. No, it's it's Edmondson and Phil Noto. Um. Wasn't this one listed as a Battle World issue? I don't know. They're it's all. Not. They're just everything. Is, and, uh, but what it is though is it's a this book doesn't seem to have any context in the Marvel universe anyway. Yeah. Um. And this one's a flashback to her. This is interest. This was interesting. It's like a flashback to Natalie's days as an operative but in uh cuba cold war cuba yeah so she's old oh yeah she's 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 like as old as cap and nick fury yeah i just wasn't sure if they had sort of retconned that going forward you know but they hadn't so she's definitely she's definitely old like them it was it was really interesting it was a, it was a great uh first part of a story Spy yeah it story. was strange like for a book you feel like it's wrapping up now they dive into a cold war flashback story that's not a one shot yeah like what is going on iFanboy.com slash support is where you can go if you would like to contribute to the program. Uh, one way to do so would be to go to uh, Amazon.com through there. Um, and anything you buy, anything, anything, uh, we, get, we get a little bit of. doesn't cost you anything. doesn't cost any extra. Um, it's actually it's a, it's a very uh, important source of support for us. So if you want to keep using that link or uh, you know, go over to your parents' computer next time you're over there trying to get their printer working again, just change that. that Whoa, uh, are we in like some sort of Captain? Can't, what was that old timey TV host who asked the kids to steal from their parents to? Oh, Soupy Sales. Soupy Sales. Yeah. Okay, kids, go into mommy and daddy's wallet and get one of these. And he held up a five dollar bill. <laughs> yeah. That no, I'm not doing. That. I'm saying I'm saying they're going to go to Amazon anyway. Okay. If they know how to use it. Um, if you get your parents are not going to Amazon actually. What? How come all your gifts are on this list? What is a wish list? Why don't you just go? What, what store should I go to? It's my Uncle Melvin. I don't have one. Um, or you can donate more directly. Uh, again, ifanboy.com slash support, uh, where you can uh, choose a membership at $3 a month or $30 a year. A bargain. Or uh, donate in any amount that you wish uh, more directly. Um, and, of course, we, we obviously appreciate everybody who does that. And now, uh, well, we've got Ron's bills back on the, on the thing we've got to worry about. So we're going to need to ramp those up. Um, it's a hefty the guy bill. Goes, the guy goes through money like water. You wouldn't, be- you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you would not believe it. <laughs> so thank you, everyone. Who does that, and uh, we appreciate everyone who uh, does any of those methods to keep the show going. Now, uh, this is the time of the show. Where normally, we'd answer some listener questions, some audience questions, but since we've got Ron here, and Ron's been gone for two and a half years, 
uh, working in the comics industry, we thought we would yeah. ask Ron some questions. Yeah, figured figured you know the the, the, the for those longtime listeners who probably want you know are curious about what what the past two and a half years have been like, as well as anybody new who doesn't know who I am or whatnot. Um, I figured I'd give you guys the opportunity to ask me anything. Who are you? Well, I was I grew up a small blend. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I just watched that recently. Actually. It's so it's good. Very it's funny. so good. Um, All I need so, is this remote control. <laughs> so, Ron, you he were gone. He hates these cans. <laughs> Ron, you were gone He's working. Saying lines from a movie now. Yeah, at Image, nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. <laughs> so, Ron, you left two and a half years ago to go work for Image Comics. Correct. And so I'm curious, as someone who grew up a fan of comics and then spent 13 or so years uh, being a member of the comics media... What was it like to then go behind the scenes, and, and is everyone wrong who talks about comics? Um, well, I'll answer your last question first with a, a resounding yes. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone, everyone in the media, on Twitter, and the fan, all the stuff who talked definitively about you know guessing why companies do things and and talk about what they should do knows nothing. Knows nothing. Um, and you're including yourself in that. Please. I was including myself, yeah, and, and that that was definitely a a you know going behind the curtain and learning how everything works and going oh okay that's why they do that okay got all right so that makes all right so um, was was definitely really really interesting. Um, a lot of people asked if it ruined my enjoyment of comics or if I didn't, and it didn't because I think if I had gone into that job. Ye- five years ago, it could have, but I think that you know, much through the stuff that we did at, uh, here at iFanboy, the people we talked to, the stuff we did while graphically, just the knowledge and the I, I, I mean, I don't mean this to say it in a negative way, but the maturity, the maturity mm-hmm. level I was at when I took the job, I w- excuse me, I was able to just look at them as widgets or as products that we were making. Mm-hmm. And separate myself from the the love of the art form and that sort of thing. And I was very good at keeping the two kind of separate, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Now, um, what was the most surprising thing you learned? That um, the ple- the the uh, how to put this nicely. The most surprising thing I learned. Well, there's a cu- there's a couple answers to that. I mean, one is. When we and we've argued about it for years, but the mm-hmm. whole thing about uh, pre-ordering your comics with your retailer, one thousand percent true. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, books live and die on those numbers, and you you know orders come in, and that is what's defining the future of a book. And it it, it can honestly it, it can one drop or one badly ordered book or one whatever could can kill a title, especially an image. Um, and so, you know, we always, we, you know, we've argued about it and, 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 you know, some people don't want to pre-order and all that sort of stuff, but absolutely the one thing people can do as readers to directly impact the, 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 the life of a book or the creators is to pre-order because buying it on the, on the shelf, nobody cares. The, the, the customers of the comic book industry are not the people listening to this podcast are not readers. The customers are 100% the retailers. And in all the work that we that we did at Image and all the work that they do with the other publishers, it is all about getting the retailers to buy more to buy the books. How do you feel about retailers now? (laughs) (laughs) 
You said to ask you anything. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, retailer, I, I, it's 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 um, it's it's a mixed bag. I mean, there are some fantastic retailers. There's some wonderfully engaged retailers doing amazing stuff. And and I mean, and I, I and what was great was that a lot of my job was working with retailers and talking to them and that sort of stuff. And I, I've I've discovered comic book stores I didn't know existed and seeing what they're doing for their communities and all that stuff. That I could I could rattle off a list of stores around the country. You know, Tate's Comics in Florida. Um, um, it's uh, it's been a couple of weeks, so it's kind of faded. Um, uh, Third Eye in in Maryland. Um, you know, like there's a whole bunch of great stores up in the Seattle area. You know, I think Arcane or you know, like there's a whole you know like Challengers in Chicago. Like there are these you know great great stores who are really busting their asses. And then there are the other retailers who just who aren't and who don't care and who blindly order and are un are are not knowledgeable in anything or anything like that. I mean, I could tell you guys the emails I got in response to when when Southern Bastards came out when mm-hmm. so, when Southern Bastards first came out. Part of my job was to you know was to email retailers to get them to order more and to make them aware of it. We get we would get preview co- like we at Image we would get you know like the PDFs of, uh, you know, so they could see it before they order it and that sort of thing. So I emailed you know my list of retailers, and some of the emails I got from some of the retailers in the Midwest and the South were just like oh my god, like. Um, I don't know what 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 is wrong with you people at Image that you're trying to lower community standards with these books. Mm. You know, like like you you guys you guys are publishing smut and, and passing it off as art, like stuff like that. And you know, and and some just rude retailers. One guy who wrote to me and just said, uh, "Don't you fucking tell me how to run my business." <laughs> I'm like, I'm not telling you how to run your business. I'm just trying to let you know about this comic book you might not know about. And like, don't yell at me. But um, yeah. So I mean, it's just, it's fa- it's fascinating to see, and also the number of comic book stores that you think are out there. Whatever the number you have in your head, it's less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're 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 barely barely over two thousand at this point now. So, so the industry has changed a lot. It seems like in the last couple of years, does it seem like it changed to you from the inside in the last two years? Yeah. In terms of who's reading, what books are selling. Yeah, how, definitely. Or is, that, or, is it, or is it really just smoke and mirrors and everything's still the same as it was before? Yeah, honestly, yes and no. Um, I think that I think that for every story you've read about. Uh, women being an increased audience is true. I saw it at the cons. I saw it at that that sort of thing. I mean, you're definitely seeing more and more women being engaged with comics. Um, you're seeing, uh, at least I saw younger people, you know, who who don't have the the preconceived notions or the the the, the um, you know married to the traditions that we might have. But um, but then at the same time, the the same people are out there. The 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 CGC chasers, the um, you know the the Marvel zombies, the DC whatever they are, the equivalent of you know like the people who just buy you know the, the superhero right. comics. Like they're all. I mean, it's it's so it, it's interesting that it is changing, it is evolving, but um, uh, but it's also very much the same. So it's it's kind of you know it's kind of a mixed bag there. So, Josh, you have a question? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, if you listen to this show before Ron went to work at Image, um, he was he was the Marvel guy. He was the um, he was the diehard in that sense. Um, but we saw a lot of changes. They did, in fact, renumber Uncanny X Men, yeah. and the world did not implode. I am curious. I mean, you have worked really closely with a huge amount of the sort of main talent in the, in the business. 
Um, you know everybody at this point. I mean, we all know lots of people. That's that's not anything. But you work with them in a different capacity, I yeah, guess. Yeah. So I'm wondering uh, how it has affected what kind of comics you like and 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 how you how you like to enjoy them. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely. I mean, I still there's a still part of my heart that that loves X the X Men and loves you know and will. I, I mean, I'm still reading all new X Men and I can't. I, and I, I read everything up until when it stopped. You know, like I, I was. You know, so I'm current on all that sort of stuff. But it's definitely not the the be all end all that it was once was. Um, you know, I definitely have evolved as a reader and as somebody, you know, what I'm interested in, um, where I'm more, I'm way more like, and that's one of the things I loved what we, I loved what image, I love what image is doing. I mean, I loved what I was working on and the, the books that were being, um, that are being published, I think are some of, you know, challenging, creative, different stuff that is out there. And I'm glad to see it connecting with an audience and doing well. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, it's most similar to the kind of, you know, like I, when people ask, for recommendations of what books I always lean on okay well what kind of TV and movies do you like and it's definitely comics are, have inched away from superheroes and more towards the genres that I enjoy you know <laughs> so that that's definitely been a, a major change for me personally which creators are dicks <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Answer I know. That right not gonna answer <laughs> At least I on mean, the air. <laughs> I mean, we know. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's but that that said. Way more awesome people who I want to hug and not let go than dicks. I mean the 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 dick to the 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 jerks to nice people ratio is so. I mean it's it, 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 I mean they're in all honesty, at least the people I got to work with. You know, like I have very few people that I get, get have a bad taste in my mouth from. So it's a lot of conversation about dicks and taste. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Which of Robert Kirkman's planes is your favorite? <laughs> I gotta say the Gulf Stream. That's, no, no, I don't, I don't, no, I don't even nice. know. I don't know if he has a plane. Gunther flies that one, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. now he's now he's got Starscream, right? Now that he's Mister Transformers, so, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so a lot of fans fall in the camps. I'm a Marvel fan. I'm a DC fan. Or, or I'm a I'm a militantly anti-Marvel DC. Yeah. Do you find that the companies were as competitive amongst each other? Or is it is it all in the fan community? Um, it's it's the competition is there, but it's different. It's it's not it's not drawing lines like I'm a Marvel fan, I'm whatever. The the here's the here's the harsh truth. Here's the harsh truth. If you guys want to believe it, it is. And I wrote about if you if you went to if you saw when I left Image and I wrote a piece. Uh, I wrote I just wrote kind of a I've left Image kind of statement type thing that was up on Medium, and I'm sure you can you can search it and find it. Um, but the the um, the quote unquote friendly competition between companies, um, it, I mean, it's it's the the intercompany competition is kind of shitty to be honest with you. There's a lot of there's a lot, and it, but I, I would imagine this is like in any industry. But oh, totally, it, totally. There's a lot of there's a lot of fake smiles and hugs. And I mean, like, everyone talks about how comics is great and it's a brotherhood and, and or sisterhood or just whatever, just the, you know, like everybody, everybody's in it together and we all help each other. Yeah. That, that, there's, that's a lot of bullshit. There's, there's also a lot of truth to it. Like there's a lot of people who like, there are people at other companies when I was at image that if I needed something would absolutely help me and I would do the same and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then there's a lot of shitty backhanded stuff going on behind the scenes that nobody knows about. You know, mm-hmm. and and Image was was just as guilty of it as any other publisher. I'm not saying that Image was was above it or anything like that, but there is a the the competition is pretty ruthless, and it's in a 
under the surface kind of way, which is almost, I mean, it, it, which almost leaves the the worst taste in your mouth. It's almost, that's almost the worst kind, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but again, it's I would imagine that's no different than any other industry. So I can't say it's 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 completely shocking to hear. But, sure. Um, but that's the truth. That's the harsh truth. Now, when you were there, Image grew its uh, market share quite a bit. Yep. Do you think Image has hit the ceiling on what's possible in this market to grow into? Mm, that's a tough one. Because right now, what DC and Marvel together are like what seventy seventy five percent of the market? No, 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 no. They're they're they're, they're sixty. Um, hang on, we'll find out exactly what they're at. It's closer to sixty to seventy-five. Yeah. I know DC's been posting sub thirty percent market shares, um, which is 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 rough, and Marvel's getting closer to forty. Yeah. So as of the May market shares, Marvel, um, and now that here's the thing: the, the, you look at market share, and there are two market shares. There's yeah, unit dollars and dollar. units, and so like on dollars, Marvel's at forty percent, DC's at twenty-five, Image was at eight. Mm-hmm. And on units, Marvel was at forty-one, DC was twenty-six, Image was at ten. Those two ninety-nine books and the lower, the nine ninety-nine trades and all the stuff like that, like Image pricing stuff to lower to get to more people, definitely is is the 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 answer to that swing. I mean, like for example, you look at um, like IDW, their dollar share in May was five percent, but their unit share was was three point eight. Because right. IDW is expensive, they try they those those hardcovers and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of weird playing with the numbers that goes on and all that sort of stuff. But as as far as image goes, the optimist the optimistic part of me says no that the sky's the limit. That you know that with the the, the amount of quality books that they're doing and all stuff like that, um, you know they they could make especially with what DC's doing, they can make a run for DC and all that sort of stuff. The reality of it, knowing the way Diamond is set up and the way the industry is set up and the way um, retailers well, react and stuff like that I, I i it's 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 a tough road it's a tough road and that's one of the reasons why i'm ha- kind of happy to be gone because it's a grind mm-hmm. you know like i i've 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 explained to people working at image has been like um like uh, sisyphus pushing the 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 boulder up the hill and you just you never know when the top of the hill is Right. Like it just you it, it just never stops. And that that's the that's the one major thing that got me about all the stuff is that there was never a moment to stop and breathe. Like I, we we had a, a one It's point. like the mail. Yeah, it's like the mail, it but never worse. stops coming out. But worse. Um not cuz it's not government government backed. Um <laughs> but yeah, no at one point at one point in my while I was at image we had hired somebody new and and in the fall and we got to the winter and they were like, "Oh, so do we, you know, do we shut down for a couple of weeks like around the holidays or whatever?" And I just laughed. <laughs> it's like no fuck no i mean like you know like it just does, it doesn't stop it never stops like you can't there's not a moment the moment that you got numbers in for a book and that book goes to the printer um the then the you immediately you got to look to next week and what what are the next bu- bunch of books coming and how do you work them and all that sort of stuff so um it just never stops so it leads me to another the next question which is so you know, every month the sales estimates come out, which are based on indexes and yeah. nebulous formulas. How accurate are those numbers to reality? So how much can fans rely on those as accurate reporting? Plus, how much now is digital factored into things? Well, digital is not factored into those numbers at all. Right, obviously, but so. I just mean the general sort of sales picture. Yeah, Um those sales numbers that you see on the monthly basis are a little bit of bullshit. Um, I mean, they're, they're accurate in that they are 
they are numbers that were sold, you know, <laughs> but they're inaccurate in that they're not the actual numbers that sold. Um, are, they, are the ratios accurate? Like, are the, is the ranking accurate? Just that the numbers are wrong. I, I but I, I don't know because I don't know the other I I, I don't know other publishers numbers right. I know I know this, so here's the thing is that when Diamond publishes those those um, those numbers they are um, what they do is they they're not counting uh, international mm-hmm. so the UK Europe all Australia all that stuff is just not there right and then if a book is returnable. Um, for example, you know, like, you know, um, a lot of times DC image did this as well, whatever said, made the books, you know, the retailers could send back what they didn't sell. Um, you, diamond doesn't get those numbers. We don't know what's been returned until months, months, months and after. So they penalize the book in the charts by 10% or whatever it is to account for possible returns. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that number is not accurate. That number is not. It, it is. It is invariably always less than what was sold. Whether or not it's in ratio to the other books, I don't know because I don't know the other publishers' numbers. But I know from the image standpoint, it was frustrating because I'm looking at the. I know how many were printed, and in a lot of cases, it was way off than what was reported. You know, mm-hmm. so that was super frustrating sometimes. So. And as the digital, I, how, well, sorry, Jeff, so digital is. You said earlier that the most important thing is the pre-orders. How at this point, at least an image's point of view. Was digital sales considered in terms of uh, a book's viability, also of trade sales? Um, well, well, okay. Well, that's 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 major. I mean, that's um, digital is not as much as everyone thinks, um, for sure. Um, it helps, and it's growing, and it's increasing, and it's and it's you know, and and um, but it is less than you know, less than fifteen percent of all sales. It's mm-hmm. gravy. You know. Yeah, it's gravy. It's gravy. Trade sales, on the other hand, at least for image, um, you know, and, and you can see this in the numbers or whatever. But trade sales are an enormous part. I mean, that's why I laugh when I mean, Kieran wrote up the uh, Kieran Gillen wrote this re- reaction to somebody who wrote an article about how Wicked and the Vine was in trouble, and you know, and and Kieran was like, no, no, we're not in trouble, and I can, uh, I, I I know for a fact as well. Like trade sales are are where it, where image creators really make the money is on trade trade sales. Um, mm-hmm. And book sales because you're talking. That's when you get to go beyond the comic book stores, and you're talking about Amazon. You're talking about bookstores and stuff like that. And that business, at least for Image, is booming and is huge. Um, and I, rem- it, yeah. I remember you telling me a story about a creator um, it, that on a book that I don't consider to be a huge hit, but that like they got the they got the numbers for the trades in, and that like paid off his house. Yeah. I remember you told me that, and I was really surprised. Yeah. Um, I can't say who that is, obviously, but um, and that was like not one of the giant books. It was one yep. of the mid-tier, lesser books. So that was really enlightening. Yeah, uh, I think, and that's and that's totally and that's the, that's the case in point. I mean, something like you know, Chew. Um, you know that that's a book that you know it's going to end up at sixty issues, and it's going to have you know thirteen or fourteen volumes or whatever it is, and like, I mean, and 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 they're going to be that that book will keep paying dividends long after it's gone. You know, um, because of the book, because of the book market. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it, and that that's why it's tough because a lot of times we talk to the creators and a lot of the creators are have been you know bred around single issue sales. And I, I would talk, we would talk about it. I'm like, all right, just hang in there. Yes, the issues, the issues aren't selling what you want to be, but you're going to make it in the trade. It's going to work out, you know. Like and and sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes it does. And um, 
you know, but it's definitely trade trade sales, at least for image, is a huge, huge portion. Um, it's a huge portion for DC. I mean, you can look at these, look at the book scan numbers and all sorts of stuff. I mean, you get some you get some insight in how the other publishers work. I mean, trade sales aren't as much of a priority for image, uh, not for image, for Marvel. Marvel, yeah, yeah, so strange, um, so strange. Yeah, because because there's some there's some inherent management decisions around paying for warehouse storage and things like that that they don't want to do. So they they print a trade, let it go out of print, and then it sits that you know like so I I don't know I can't can't speak to their business. I don't know what that strategy is around to it, but um, but you know, Images uh, policy has been to you know get the books to print uh, in book form and keep them in print and keep them available because that's how you can sell them. So yeah, so yeah, so trade is a huge, huge part of the business, which you don't see. It's not reflected in those numbers either because yep. those numbers are single issues. You got to go look at the trade issues, and they only report in the top ten trades. So yeah, it's fu- it's all it's all fucked up. That's that's that's, that's what it boils down to. <laughs> Josh, you got one more? Should we wrap it up? Yeah, I, I got one. Sort of related to my field of interest, I suppose. Um, for a long time, the uh, when the way that we found new people uh, was to come up sort of through Image. But that's not really the way that it's working at this point. Right. Some people do. But a lot of people at Image are people who actually made their bones and established themselves at the bigger companies, a la the Kirkman Manifesto. And and like where where are where do you see new people coming from at this point? Because I honestly can't tell. Every time I see a new name on a Marvel book now, I'm like, what the hell did this guy come from? I don't I don't yeah I, I don't mean, know. I'm out of it. I mean honestly, yeah no. I mean the 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 breaking in uh, image, you know, kind of breaking in an image is over. That's that I would I would tell creators that. In fact, actually, I had lunch with a creator a couple of weeks ago, and I told him I'm like, yeah, don't look to image to be the one to break in. Sure, every now and then it might happen, and there might be somebody who comes on, but like the the the, the Hickman story or the you know Kieran and Jamie and stuff like that is very very rare now. Um, it's just that's how it evolves, I mean, and that's one thing that that I was kind of sad to see how it, it you know I. I, I would like that to still be the you know one of the main things, but what are you gonna do? Um, uh, now, honestly, it's digital comicsology submit. It's um, Kickstarter, as much as I hate to say it. You know, it's like people looking for any ways to get their stuff out there and then getting noticed. And then you know, and then whether it's a boom. I mean, honestly, boom has has probably broken more people recently than any other publisher you know you look at the the woman from lumberjanes and now she's doing stuff at marvel and you know stuff like that um it's incredibly difficult for a creator to break in now it's i think it's hard it's harder than ever yeah yeah i I agree yeah and and and, and then Breaking in is not the same thing as as, as making a living doing it. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's inc- time for that. incredibly, incredibly hard. Um, you know, there's people like Black Mask Studios has given a lot of people breaks. Um, you know, and and Dark Horse is honest, honestly giving you know taking some chances on some people, but you know whether or not it's working or not is another question. But um, but yeah, but the breaking in the side of things is just is is harder than ever. I would say, especially at the at the uh, Image Marvel DC level. So, I don't know if I answered the question, but yeah, but it's yeah, no, yeah. it's it's. I mean, I you kind of yeah. confirm what I thought about it. And I realized yeah. I've never talked to you about that. Yeah. yeah. So, are we done grilling him? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. don't want to answer the Dick's question. What else is there? Well, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what book? What book? You have to pick one book that you're the most proud of uh, that you helped uh, work on and usher in while you were there. What is it? Oh God damn it! I know. T- I, I I know it's between two things. I think. What do you think it's between? 
I think it's between Wicked and the Vine and Southern Bastards. No, because I didn't. I, Wicked and the Vine didn't need me. I mean, I mean, not that it didn't need me, but like I'm, I'm immensely proud of Wicked and the Vine. I'm all, I think it's awesome. But like Wicked and the Vine was planned for before I was at Image. I mean, that was that was that was the plan that they that they had wanted to do that. To get, Kieran had the idea, and they they already been published in Image and stuff like that. Honestly, so, I, mean, I know what it is because Ron's right. always saying to me, Josh, offline, that this book is all this, its success is all about me. Stop! Is, no, is, is, is the Walking Dead? Yeah, of course. Right, yeah, Ron, does, yeah. Ron takes full credit for <laughs> the Walking Dead, which is odd. It's continued success. <laughs> everything. He's like Kirkman doesn't even write anymore. I basically write the scripts. Stop! <laughs> I mean, this is what Ron's always saying to me. I did like, not say any of that. I did not say any of that. No, honestly, I mean, like the, I, Charlie I, Adlard is an anagram for Ron Richards' <laughs> pencils. I think. No, honestly, I'm um, I can't pick one, but I'm super. On the top of the list, I'm really, really proud of what Remender's doing. Um, Can you get Mateo Scalera to stop it? Yeah, I know. I, I well, no, I, I told him to don't stop, don't stop. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, it was, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, Black Science, Deadly Class, Low. Like Rick is putting everything he's got into those books. They're amazing, and it's been. I'm just lucky to be a part of that. Um, Southern Bastards was an, it was another big one. Getting the Jasons to come over to Image and 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 do the I mean I, I, I there were many many long drunken discussions in the in con bars with Latour talking about that book and the approach to it and stuff like that. And I I'm and just to see it now get going to TV and stuff like that is just awesome. Um, and then finally, like Witches was one that was that was you know working with Scott and Jock and Jock who by the way Jock is the greatest person in college. Uh, Jock is just like one of my favorite people. I just, he's fantastic anyway. Um, but, um, uh, you know, those, those are the books, Rick's books, Southern Bastards and Witches are ones that I'm immensely, immensely proud of as well as Invisible Republic. I mean, there's, I mean, I was really, really lucky to have a, to work with these amazing creators bringing their vision to, you know, to reality, which is, which is super, super special. So, yeah. Well, all right, you're not working there anymore. So I will know. I'm so I'm, I'm, I, it makes me <laughs> it makes me it makes me happy. So yeah. All right. Well, yeah, good but job, it, it was it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I, d- I definitely got what I wanted out of it. Um, and now I'm I'm excited to do uh, other fun stuff. So yeah. All right. Well, we were proud of your time there, and uh, um, now that you're here, we can. Uh, I don't know. I'm glad. I'm Who just glad. I'm just glad get, that you guys took me back. That's why I was a little. Who worried. are we going to get gossip from now? <laughs> oh, that, see, that keeps going. This is a problem. That keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> so normally uh, we would have had the audience questions, but so if you want to get back to the show, email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave us a voicemail eight 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 fanboy three two six two six nine seven. And if you do that, tell us who you are and where you're from. And now everyone can uh, stop asking questions about what Ron's been up to, or yes. will he talk about image? He's done so. There you go. That's it. So we don't need to hear him talk about himself anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you guys plug what you've been doing lately on other Well, shows? yeah. Well, I've, I haven't stopped podcasting for people who don't realize. And I've for the past two and a half years, I've still actively been podcasting, co-hosting another show called All About Android over on the Twit Network. Um, at Is that Twi- about? Uh, it's all about Android. Um, it's, okay. it's about um, no, it's about Android phones and and software and hardware and news and all stuff like that. And it's a blast and it's a ton of fun. They've got a great community over there that that rivals the iFanboy community in terms of awesomeness. Um, so go to go to twit.tv slash aaa and you can check out that show. It's a lot of fun. I do it weekly every Tuesday. You can watch it live or you can download it or listen to it or whatever. Um, but then in addition to that, this week I was on the Star Wars Minute. I, I snuck in at the end. 
uh, after Josh and Connor both got their time on Star Wars Minute, um, I talked about the last minute of dialogue on The Return of the Jedi. That's crazy. Yeah. What's, what's the very last word? The last word is brother. Hmm. It's, it's Leia saying, he's my brother. That's the last line of dialogue in Return of the Jedi. Jedi. So. And then he makes a kiss adjustment. He, he, he grabs her neck very violently. <laughs> so. so, yeah, go listen to Star Wars Minute. It's awesome. Yeah, I I was on I was on a whole week of Star Wars minute a couple of weeks ago, and then and Connor uh, just did his own episode, so we we're all over that. Um, highly recommended show. Those guys are very funny. Uh, they also do another podcast called Alphabetical, and this week uh, I did three episodes of that. Alphabetical is uh, we go through Beatles songs uh, alphabetically. 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 Um, and I I was in the eyes, so I had uh, if you've got trouble. In my life, and uh, in spite of all the danger uh, that that came out this this and past. And your favorite week. of those three? Oh, I, I think uh, I think in spite of all no, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with in my life on that one because um, those other two songs are not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's literally like it, like uh, if you got trouble is my least favorite Beatles song of all time. I hate it. I don't think I've ever even heard it. It's at the end. If you it came out uh, in the when the anthologies came out, they had recorded it during. Help, I think, uh, but it might have been one of the other albums from that time, uh, and they ju- and they just hated it, so they just they just buried it, and then like later, you know, a couple of people tried to put it on a greatest hits album or a lot, and they were like, nope, no, they just wouldn't do it, and so it wasn't until they needed stuff to put on the anthology um, that that it came out. It's just a really mediocre, boring song. It's yeah. it's and it's and it's a Lennon McCartney song. It's it's just bad. You know what my favorite one is. Mm. It's two of us. It's a good song. <laughs> Why don't you? Uh... Ron, tell them where to go. All right, on your way home. You and I go memory. <laughs> Head over to ifanboy.com where you can comment on this show, talk about this week's books, and find all the other podcasts, and you can comment on those and that sort of thing. Um, It's all there at ifanboy.com. You can follow us uh, on Twitter at at, at ifanboy or on Facebook at facebook.com slash ifanboy. And if you're so inclined, you can follow us individually. You can follow Josh at at J.A. Flanagan, Connor at at C.S. Kilpatrick, and I am at Ron XO. You broke the naming convention. I did. Just to go. Initials, last name. Oh, sorry. See? It's changed. Draw an X over there. I have, I have less characters. It's easy. You can get more, you can get more content in when you tweet at me. So there hey, if you dig the show, write a review on iTunes. Hey. Better yet, tell your friends about uh, <laughs> this show. <laughs> Perhaps don't tell your retailer friends about this particular episode. And uh, introduce your mom to the podcast. We're 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 pro mom. It's our platform. Hey, I said That's there were some good retailers out there. There were great retailers out there. Some of my Don't best friends your, are retailers. Yeah, exactly. Don't write your retailer off yet. So, uh, <laughs> my fanboys platform has always been pro mom. So please introduce introduce your mom to the podcast. You know what? You know what? Just just in case, my retail, my local retailers, my friends who run Double Midnight Comics. That's uh, a great doing, store. They are great. Concord that, and Manchester are amazing. They're, they're awesome. I, I I got the opportunity to work with them while I was at Image, and they they are they are cool people. So mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing. 
You were lucky, yes. They're expanding, right? Didn't they open multiple stores? And- yeah, there's two stores. They're yeah. doing conventions. They got one coming up this week in Worcester. That's great. Uh, and then there's the Granite Everybody Con. Everybody just so angry. <laughs> when you get out of the way. When you get out of the way. <laughs> Red Sox. All right. Red Sox. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. You, you come back next week? Yeah, I'll come. If you guys want me. I don't know. Do you want me to? Until next week, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I am Josh.